Arizona Power Trip during Ram Power Days going on now at Bettenhausen Ram on 159th Street in Tinley Park. There's no time like now to grab life by the horns. Your best Ram buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. And brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. The Hockey Show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. 100.3 HD2. And the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. I think, I think Brian Hanley, you have to say the Chicago Wolves like deep-voiced movie trailer guy every time, <laughs> especially when they're sponsoring the show. They're kicking off their 28th season tonight at Allstate Arena, and uh, they're going to take on uh, their rivals from Rockford, the Ice Hogs. We've got three, four-packs to uh, give away this hour to tonight's game, so stick around for that for the Wolves tickets. Brian Hanley, how you doing today? Uh, terrific, uh, Pat. I got a, really early. There's this new documentary on the Blackhawks called 17 Seconds I watched today. <laughs> Which version was it? Was it the one from uh, 2013 where they scored 17 seconds no, to beat would, the Bruins and hoist not, the cup? Not as good as that one. Yeah, the oh. sequels, are, sequels are never very good. They're you know, never... Godfather, Godfather 2, exception. Um, this 17 Seconds documentary... The, the the quickest the Devils have scored in an opener in their franchise history. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that was last night. And it comes on the heels of the opener where Colorado scored three times in a 10-minute span. So, you know, that, that's the thing the Hawks talked about getting yes. off to the slow start, battling from behind, digging themselves a hole. And lo and behold, 17 seconds in, uh, they were on the wrong side of the scoreboard last night. But I mean that—that's pretty much been, you know, the one of the consistent things through this Jeremy Colleton uh, uh, era so far. That they—and they're not—they're not good enough. Uh, you, you know, you guys threw up the the win probability stat after they were trailing one zip, and it was you know New Jersey was like sixty-seven and a half percent because that's in hockey you give up the first goal. Normally, it's at least that that you're going to lose the game, right? I mean, the, and and you, you just can't. Three goals in ten minutes, one goal in seventeen seconds. Odd man rushes. I mean, gosh, the turnovers. When you look at McCabe and you look at uh, uh, Connor Murphy, even yeah. on one of those goals, it's just it's, it's disappointing because New Jersey is not Colorado. All right, I mean, right. you needed you needed to get a win in, in that game. I mean, good lord. Yeah, no. So I mean, they're averaging thirty four scoring chances allowed in the first two games. That that's just that's last year they they averaged thirty scoring chances per sixty minutes and that was ranked second worst. So yeah, you know they're they're giving up even more than they did a year ago and they were near the bottom. So look, it was a talking point heading into this season. Is some of it correctable? I think it is. Like the Connor Murphy pass to McCabe last night that led to the first goal in seventeen seconds. It was kind of a grenade. He put it. You know, you've got McCabe looking back for the pass, and he's got a man on him. So, like, Murphy didn't exactly put him in a great spot to be able to get that puck out of the zone. 
That being said, McCabe's got to get it out of the zone. Amen. Uh, and, you know, two nights prior, he gets tripped up by Tyler Johnson, and that leads to a Jack Johnson breakaway. So, like, the, both first goals of each of the first two games were on, you know, basic errors out there yep. uh, and by players that you expect to not be making those errors because that's why you went out and acquired them. Here's Jeremy Colleton on last night's early goal. Yeah, that was tough. Um, you know, it's not the way we wanted to start. We talked about having a good start and that would make it easier on ourselves. But, um, you know, at the same time, we thought we battled back, got momentum back as the period went on. And like I said, I thought the first 14, 15 minutes of the second period, we were quite good. Um, then we, we give up a few at the end of the period and, and including the goal. And uh, then it's, and we're chasing it again. So not the start we wanted, but I, I do think the positive is we, we did battle back for a point. And that was, that was critical because they're down two goals in the third period with about six and change to go seven minutes to go. It's not looking very good. And so for them to get a point, like I said on the postgame show last night, look, there are good points and there are bad points. Last night, that was that was a great point because it, it didn't look good with, you know, seven minutes to go in the contest being down two. No, it absolutely didn't. And, and it, unfortunately, it looked, and the good was the good. I mean, Kane set, setting up to bring it. You know, we saw that quite a bit last year. More of that, please. Uh, Kirby Doc, very good against Colorado. Wasn't rewarded for it. Um, again, very good last night, but you need more. And you mentioned guys like Connor Murphy and, and Seth Jones better last night. Okay. That's good. You're going to need more from him as well because he wasn't very good at Colorado. So it's, it's, it's disappointing when you should go into New Jersey. You should, you talked about it. Carlton said, they talked about the start. They talked about before the game and they come out and give you anything but a good start. You can't keep doing that. You can't keep get, digging yourself hole to get that great point, and it was a great point. But you know that that should be a win. That should as you head to Pittsburgh tonight. Yeah, and they turn around and have uh, the Penguins tonight again. No Melkin, no Sidney Crosby, so they get a break there. They got a break in Colorado with no Nathan McKinnon on opening night. Uh, so where's your level of concern with this Blackhawks team defensively? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN1000 Chicago. You can uh, join the Twitch chat. Tyler Aki is monitoring that. You can follow the show at ESPN Hockey Show. Follow Brian at Brian Hanley 534 or follow me at Boyle NBCS. All right, one of the positives that we have seen in the first two games has been special teams. Uh, two power play goals last night. One power play goal in their first game. They're a perfect six for six on the penalty kill. If they could clean some things up five on five and not make these, you know, these mistakes with puck management, they're winning the special teams battle, which is usually critical early on in an NHL season when a lot more penalties are being called, Brian. Yeah, and the, and the PK last year, you know, it's great that six for six on the kill this year, but that was an issue that coming into the season, given what went on last year, was going to have to have a big improvement. So I think you know a lot of us are still saying, okay, it's a great start. Can they keep? Can they keep it up? Not being perfect, but you have to be top ten or at least middle of the pack instead of bottom five. Um, the twenty-three to three scoring chances, uh, a five on five, uh, Colorado again, a very good Colorado team. I mean, good lord, you. 
that has to that has to change in a big way. And forty five to twenty four in total chances in Colorado. Better last night. You actually out uh, outshot them, but they they converted uh, as many as they needed to win that game. Here's Jeremy Colleton on the power play early on in this season. Yeah, I mean, obviously got it back, got us back into it tonight a couple times. Um, we feel confident in both groups. Uh, you know, teams are going to adjust, so we're going to have to stay ahead of it. But uh, when you have the skill that we do have out there, and I feel like there's a lot of hockey sense out there that they're going to have to solve. Teams are going to change what they're doing. They're going to have to solve that on their own at times. So uh, that makes you feel good when you have those guys on the ice. I think he brings up a good point about uh, teams adjusting now. If you watch the first two games, did you notice, Brian, how many times the Blackhawks were able to go east-west through the box? Yeah, I mean, that, usually a penalty kill uh, it doesn't want that to happen once. It was happening two and three times in Colorado. It happened uh, a couple of times before Dabrinkit's backdoor goal uh, yesterday. So teams are going to adjust. And one of the adjustments that uh, Seth Jones alluded to in the postgame last night was he needs to start shooting the puck from the top of the umbrella more because right now he's not letting it go and uh, defenses aren't respecting his shot. He's maybe deferring a little too much to Kane and Dabrinkit. And, you know, talking to the guys like Andrew Shaw, Shaw last night, and he's like, look, that's what happens. When, you, when you're when you on the same line with Patrick Kane or you're on the same power play unit with Kane, you tend to defer to him and try to get him the puck all the time. When, in reality, if you did have a little, I won't say selfishness, but if if you did fire the puck every once in a while from, from the top of the point, uh, that would give Kane more time and space um on the right side. So, I mean, those are little tweaks, but I think that's something you may see tonight. Seth Jones letting it go uh, with more frequency at the top of the uh, the point on the power play. And look, Patrick Kane is not the type of guy who's going to be counting how many chances you, you know, you, you take a shot rather than feed him. He's not that guy. He wants you to, to do what's best for this team. And you're, you're spot on. I mean, Seth Jones is here to generate offense, on the, and and so he's got to take that shot. And Kane will be there, and those guys will be there if it if the rebounds in front of him. So um, I, I'm with you on that. I, and Patrick Kane doesn't have an ego where he's like, "Hey, you know, I've been here, I've got championships. You know, you, you make sure I get my numbers." He wants to win uh, hockey games. That's it. And uh, so, look, you can you can look at the Colorado game as a pretty tough draw. That, that, I was saying to the guys the other night. Part of the uh, the problem with being the Chicago Blackhawks is the national TV networks always want them on because, A, they're a big draw nationally. Locally, it's going to do a huge number in Chicago. So you end up with last year playing Tampa Bay to start the season. Yep. This year, you're taking on the favorites to win the Western Conference in the Colorado Avalanche. So, you know, uh, it, it's it's it comes with the territory of being the Chicago Blackhawks. They're always on, uh, you know, in the outdoor games. Uh, so it was a tough draw on Wednesday night. Uh, but last night is one that even though it is the season and the home opener for the Devils, the Devils aren't the Colorado Avalanche. And, They're not a playoff team, likely. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I think they've gotten better. Uh, with adding Dougie Hamilton, and I think we saw Jack Hughes last night. I mean, what mm-hmm. he, he was—he was phenomenal. Takeaways, two goals, 
How about his celly throwing the uh, the twig into the stands after he scored the game winner? <laughs> he said that's hilarious, but he didn't even know why he did it. <laughs> but uh, we'll get more into uh, what our thoughts are on this team just a couple games in. Again, don't want to overreact too much. An opportunity to pick up two points. Look, if they get three out of a possible six points on this three-game road trip to start the season and come home for the, the you season. Four, right? Uh, pardon me? They get four four at home after Yeah, this, right, right, right yeah. starting on Tuesday night. So, look, yeah. I, I would take three points out of the six if that's the way things break down. Give us a call, 312-332-3776. I mentioned the Chicago Wolves. We got three four-packs for tonight's opener, the first game at Allstate Arena since March 8th of 2020. That's 585 days since they've played oh. at Allstate. The Wolves led the Central Division from start to finish last year, uh, and it marked the team's fourth division title in the last five seasons. No other AHL team has won more than two division crowns over that time. So we're going to take callers 10, 20, and 30. Look, don't call unless you can go to the game tonight. Caller 10, 20, and 30. Three four-packs for tonight's opener, Chicago Wolves. Rockford Ice Hogs, 312-332-3776. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Kept in by Jones. To the side, Hagel, put it across, he scores! Dominic Kubelik with his second goal of the season. The recipient of a pass from Hagel from the slot. Kubelik had half the net to shoot out, and he buried it. We're tied at three. Doc flips it up the slot. This is, turns into a two-on-one for the Devils. One man back, Gustafson. Kane back-checking here are the Devils. In front of the net, Hughes with a backhand. He scores! Jersey wins in overtime, 4-3. Jack Hughes with his second goal of the night, saw to it. That was John Weideman on the call last night on NBC Sports Chicago. He'll be behind the mic again tonight with Eddie Olchek. By the way, Eddie Olchek will join us in about 12 minutes here on the Hockey Show. We'll get the U.S. Hockey Hall of Famers' thoughts on the first couple of games. Get uh, also his take on his new role with Turner. They kicked off their coverage uh, nationally this week along with ESPN. What did you think of, uh, of both ESPN and uh, Turner's debuts this week brian I, I thought they were great and uh, i really on twitter i loved the uh the nhl theme the video making the rounds with justin bieber yes uh, narrating that was terrific i know you re- retweeted that and you said this is fantastic and absolutely was so and look I, I, from what i've seen the product is really good this year and i think the broadcasts are going to match the product in the nhl this year yeah i i uh i, I thought like you know i, I think we all th- believe in this business inside the NBA with Charles, Shaq, Kenny, uh, and uh, is like the gold standard as far yep. as pre-post game and halftime type A lot, type a lot shows. better than some of the games they're doing. Yes, yes. So, like, figuring that that was kind of the blueprint that you you would like to see your studio show take, it wasn't a surprise that Shaq, no. I mean, that, uh, Charles, that Charles yeah. was a part of of the first NHL endeavor. Uh, but it was interesting to see 
Uh, Paul Bissonette up there with Wayne Gretzky, Rick Tockett, and Anson Carter. Uh, I, I felt like, uh, you know, they're trying to, to mimic inside the NBA, but again, I don't know if you can, you know, sometimes the show needs to evolve on its own. Yeah, it, you can't force that. Right, right. So we'll get uh, we'll get Eddie Olchek's take on uh, the national scene and also the Blackhawks coming up. So besides your questions about the the defense uh, early on, what what positives did you take away that we t- we talked about the power play, uh, two goals last night, a goal on Wednesday night, the PK being uh, perfect, six for six. So that that has certainly been something uh, that you like. Offensively, they're not generating a lot five on five. And I mean, some of that can also be to blame for the defensive woes because you're constantly defending. And, um, you, you know, we, we did see Patrick get on the board last night with an assist, but there was some question coming into this season about a nagging injury undisclosed that Kane has been dealing with and uh, didn't get it taken care of. Uh, over the off season, as far as surgically, thought, hey, I'm going to be able to get through this. Uh, we don't know where that's at, so it's that's something to monitor. I think Jonathan Taves has looked good after being off for 14 months. Uh, I thought uh, Taves, while they're not generating a a, to, a ton that line with uh, uh, Kubalik and Kurashev, I thought it it was encouraging. All the areas that, that Johnny plays in, both on the penalty kill and the power play, winning 60% of his draws, he's doing all the dirty work that you normally expect to see 19 to do. Yeah, he's doing exactly what you got spoiled with Jonathan Taves over the years. And uh, to your point, Patrick Kane's assist on, on the Debrinket goals, it's Pat, you know, trademark uh, Patrick Kane sitting there, little magic on a stick and waits and waits and feeds him perfectly. The Hagel assist was terrific on the yes. Kubelik goal. I mean, just wonderful, right? And Seth jo- Seth Jones starts that play, Brian, yeah. how he, he races back and keeps the puck in at the blue line. And most defensemen would just fire that puck on net. He had the presence to pass to Hagel. Uh, and, and set up the uh, the and then he sets up Kubalik for the game tying goal. It's interesting because you have new faces on the ice, and Jonathan Taves talked about communication. Andre Mark Andre Fleury talked about it too, just around the net, it just, little things like learning guys' voices, so he knows that it's actually a teammate telling him, you know, give me the puck over here, and not you know he's not turning it over to to an opponent. Um, but Jonathan Taves talking about guys being comfortable in the room especially on defense or whatever, to say, here's what I saw or here's what we didn't do. And, you know, guys to constructively take criticism or improve that communication. So you don't have, so now you become second nature. You start to know what your, your partner defensive, your blue line partners thinking or doing or going to do. And that will take some time. And I also found it very interesting that Jeremy Carlton talked about, we don't talk about much, you know, shift changes and how long you stay on the right. ice and how much that can be a negative if you're trying to do too much and you want to stay an extra 10 seconds. The next thing you know, you're gassed and the puck's going the other way. And, you you know, you're good. it's a detriment to the team when you think you're doing you're doing what you're trying to do too much and be, you know, the, be the guy that stays out there and gives it his all. And maybe that's not the right thing to do. So Jonathan Taze was asked what went wrong at the start of last night's game in Newark. I don't know, just uh, another start where we gave up some some easy, you know, scoring chance and a goal, um, just unearned offense, and then you're just playing from behind and 
I think uh, you know, give them credit. The forwards skate well, and, and they're on top of you, and they're quick on transition. They make you go all the way back down low in your zone. So, uh, you know, they skate well. They didn't make it easy on us, but uh, we just got to make sure we're not giving up uh, too much offense too easy. Last night's first goal could certainly have been avoided with just a, a crisp DDD passing or instead of putting your D partner in a tough spot, sending it off the boards into the neutral zone and live to fight another day. Uh, the other thing that the captain mentioned is handling the transition game, and that's what we saw in Colorado. Uh, Colorado is very good in transition, and they kind of do it in waves. And, and what happens with at least on Wednesday night for the Blackhawks, is they're picking up the first wave coming through uh, in the offensive zone. But it's that second wave, that that third, fourth, and fifth player that is joining the rush that is kind of coming in uh, in a soft pot spot in the zone where there is no defender. And that is something that the team needs to clean up because on tape now over the first two games, there has been some issues handling the opposition's transi- transition game. And so, it, it, to me, it leads to a, a bigger question, and we've talked about it last year, and I guess we'll talk about it again this year until it gets better, is the defensive system um, of Jeremy Carlton. Is it is it tailor-made for success, or is it a system that he absolutely believes in, obviously, but... Uh, at some point, you have to be less stubborn and say, you know what, it's it, it's just not working. It hasn't been working uh, well enough, certainly, and we're going to have to start either tinkering with it or doing something different. Um, because you know the the numbers are the numbers. Yeah, and- I, I, I feel. Don't you feel like it's a conversation we've been having about Matt Nagy and the offense? Like, it, is, isn't it just very similar? Young coach who really believes in. This in in Jeremy's case, this man on man and a half system, and it's been modified and tweaked a little bit over the last year. But like you said, the numbers are the numbers, and at the end of the day, you know they've gone out and brought in new players to implement it. Now, look, it's a sample size of two games. Seth Jones said last week before the season started, yeah, he wasn't really happy with his preseason. He wasn't happy with his first game against Colorado. Um, and, you know, he mentioned a few different things as possibly the reason for the slow start for him. One of those was he said, yeah, you know, the picking up the system hasn't gone as fast as I thought it would. So, you know, that that makes me pause for a second. If your number one defenseman who is been around a while, has been around and is going to be around for a while and he's making a ton of money going forward. When he says that, I'm like, okay, well, why why is it hard for him? Why why is he struggling? And uh, and you know, where is this team going to be two weeks from now? If we're still having these conversations two and three weeks from now, you know, it, it's going to be like trying to pry the the Denny's play sheet away from yeah, from, from Matt Nagy. Nagy, right? I mean, like, yeah. you and get look, to a point where you're like, okay, something needs to change. Well, and look, uh, you know, the Bears changed their identity. They are now a run-first team with Bill Lazor making the calls, you know. And the the Sean Desai defense looks a lot like the Vic Fangio defense from 2018. You know, they lead the, the league in sacks. They have seven takeaways. They're, they're holding teams to 20 or fewer points. So at some point, 
you know, Matt Nagy was the offensive guru, and that's how he was sold to everybody, and that he was going to come in and get the most out of Mitch Trubisky, who's now in Buffalo as a backup. And Matt Nagy was coach of the year in 2018 because of the defense, plain and simple. And Ryan Pace was executive of the year because of the defense, plain and simple. So this is Jeremy Carlton's calling card. It better get better, and it better get better rather quickly. It can't a half season from, like you said, three weeks from now. If we're still talking about this, then that's a conversation Stan Bowman is going to have to have with Colleton and the coaching staff about how do, how do we do this, you know, what what needs to change, and, and how do we change it. So high danger chances, five on five. They gave up 12 to New Jersey last night, 10 to Colorado on Wednesday night. Our uh, poll question right now, up on Twitter, what's your biggest concern with the Blackhawks so far? Uh, right now, there's a tie. 42% say defense. 42% say coaching. Does that surprise you at all? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> because and I guess the, the, sub, the subtopic on defense, is it, is it personnel or is it the system we're talking about, which goes back to the coaching, or is it the personnel going back to the front office? Um it's interesting because uh, it, Jeremy Colleton is not a fan favorite. Let's just leave it at that. And and it doesn't seem to bother him that he, he doesn't need everybody's love and adulation, but he has Stan Bowman's love and adulation to this point. So uh, I think a lot of Blackhawks nation are not sold on the fact that Jeremy Colleton's the guy who's going to get you to the promised land. Coming up, we'll, uh, we'll get the former Pittsburgh Penguin head coach. Eddie Olchek's thoughts on the the Blackhawks' first two games of the season. Get his uh, overall view of the NHL early on. That's coming up next. Your phone calls as well at 312-332-3776. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. College football returns to Wrigley Field this fall for the first time since 2010. Join Northwestern football when they host Purdue in the Wildcats Classic on November 20th. Tickets are on sale now at Cubs.com slash football. The Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app on the FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Rolling on on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. It is our pleasure to uh, welcome in the voice of Chicago Blackhawks hockey on NBC Sports Chicago and the national broadcast on TNT. He's Eddie Olchek. How are you doing this morning, Edzo? Hey, hey, BB, Brian. Nice to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you. How about that comeback last night? Let's just start with about seven minutes to go in the contest down to offense. Uh, not coming uh, very easily for this team yeah. in the first couple of games, at least five-on-five-wise, and uh, they somewhat they pull it out of the fire and at least pick up a point. Uh, how big was that for this young team that's you know trying to build some confidence early on? Yeah, it's it's very important, especially early in a season, PB, and I think with you know the the penalty and let's give the officials credit. I don't know if I 
gave them enough credit last night for huddling up and, and, and seeing what went on with Tyler Johnson when Dawson Mercer caught him with an errant stick. And there were no, I, I know I did say during the broadcast that no arms went up and then they huddled up and one of the linesmen came over and got in the ear of I think, referee Chris Rooney and they got the call right. So, uh, and it worked in the favor and it was the right call. And uh, the Hawks got that four minute power play. I liked, uh, I liked that Jeremy, Coach Colleton uh, was aggressive there at three to one to uh, you know to get the extra attacker out there, make it a six on four, even with I think four and a half, whatever it was left to go in the game. So look, when you're down two, I mean all all bets are off. You gotta you know you, you gotta do whatever you can. But I, I think the common theme here, PB and Bry, is just looking over both games uh, this morning. Is when you look at the let's see, let me, let me do my quick brother rice math here. Five <laughs> goals for the Blackhawks so far, and two goals. So, um, if you look at the common denominator on all five of the goals, there's been a distraction or somebody standing right in front of the goaltender, whether it was Darcy Kemper the other night or last night with Jonathan Bernier. So when you go back and look at all five goals, you sit there and go, okay, well, most goalies in the league, if they see it, they're going to stop it. And if they don't, you probably need a new goaltender. So, you know, those are the type of things that you can take from, even though you haven't won a hockey game yet, PB, and you can say, look, at, like, you know, we've had some chances. And look, at the, the chances, I think, you know, over the first, first couple of games for the Hawks have kind of been sporadic. It's been a lot of one and done, but, you know, they've had some good looks, but the common denominator here and the theme is, is look at the guy without the puck or, you know, you got to have somebody around that area because if you're in that area, whether it's somebody, you know, uh, you draw somebody's attention or you're taking away the eyes. I mean, Kirby did it in the first two goals in the Colorado game. And then Tyler Johnson on Kirby's goal last night, but, you know, I didn't even end up seeing if he ended up getting an assist. I thought that puck hit him in front of the net and went right to Kirby, but, Again, you got to have somebody standing in, in, you know, standing in front of the net and and uh, and taking away the eyes of the goaltender. So uh, it's it's hard. It, it's hard to score in the league, but you got to find ways to score different ways when you're not scoring off the rush or, you know, scoring on the power play. Edzo, how similar or different is Jeremy Colleton's defensive system than the ones you played with throughout your career or coached? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think it's it's a, it's a hybrid, uh, Bry, and, and you know, we we hear that you know we hear that word in, in sports now, um, you know, in a lot of different areas, and and even in the world that we're living in now, right? I mean, the workspace, right? It's a hybrid. Well, you know, I'm going to go into the office here on Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday from nine to twelve, and I'm going to work at home or out of my car the rest of the time. I mean, that's just you know, like, and that's just no different than you know schemes in football or schemes in in the National Hockey League. And I, I think the, you know, the aspect of trust and, and talking to Jeremy, you know, prior to training camp is, you know, that there has to be that trust factor and, you know, always knowing where the puck is. And look at the reason that you have a defensive system is that when there are breakdowns, there are layers there that are the support and you need to have those in place. And when everybody is either mesmerized by the puck or, is outside of their little quadrant, then all of a sudden, then those seams end up opening up. And look, it's a work in progress for some of these guys because there have been, you know, a boatload of changes both on the back end and uh, and on the front. So I mean, look, at, I it, I don't I'm not going to say that it's 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 any different than uh, a handful of teams run uh, bribe, but I think at the end of the day, it's like look, you know, you have your schemes, but you, you know, you got to be able to read and react. I mean, that's why these guys are 
at the highest level in the National Hockey League is, yeah, you're playing a scheme, but, you know, sometimes there's a breakdown and then you just have to rely on your, you know, your, your quick uh, mental skills and be able to uh, adapt. And it's no different than being on the power play. Yeah, the number one power play wants to run a couple of different looks, but if they're not giving it to you, the penalty killers, well, then you got to adapt and you got to be able to, to, to make it, you know, work out. So the Hawks, I know they really wanted to try to improve uh, on, on, on their defensive uh, play uh, since last year. And uh, it's a work in progress. But again, you know, it's, it's, it's tough enough to play in this league. But when you're chasing the game and you're falling behind, it makes it a little bit more difficult and it puts a lot of pressure on it. And one last thing I will say, uh, PB and Bry, is you know, last night, Kevin Lankin, I, ho- I hope it came across on the broadcast that uh, like he made a couple of really, really important key saves at 3-1 to, to to keep it within two goals. And uh, you got to have goaltending. And I think so far, certainly um, in this early part of the season, in the first two games, the Hawks have gotten goaltending. And, uh, but Kevin Lankin and really gave the Hawks an opportunity to get at least one point last night in Jersey. Yeah, Edzo, I, I said you were producing our postgame show because you pointed that out, the McLeod opportunity, <laughs> right? at the end of the second period, and that yeah. ended up being our save of the yeah. game. So thank you for that. Yeah, um, no worries. Uh, Tyler Johnson started this season in all preseason as mm-hmm. the center for the, the Patrick Kane-Alex DeBrinkett line. You know, right. rough start for Tyler in uh, Colorado on Wednesday. Last night, we saw Colleton switch it up and put Doc out there with Kane yeah. and Cat to start the third. Uh, ultimately, who do you think... When you look at this roster, who do you think's end up going to center Kane's line a bulk of the season? Yeah, well, I'll I'll say this: it's it's the guy that starts uh, setting up Kane to break it to put the puck in the back of the net, and whoever that guy <laughs> is, uh, he will grab the brass ring and and be in that spot. I mean, look, I, I think for I think for Johnny uh, Tyler Johnson, I guess I should say Tyler Johnson. You know, he hasn't he hasn't played a lot of center over the course of the last couple of years. Um, in Tampa, I mean, he was, he was pretty much a winger. Now, again, the guy that is very versatile can go in and out. You know, he's good in the faceoff guy. He can play with really good players, or he can play in a role of, of, of being with with role players. So, I mean, and we know what he can do on the power play because he's such a highly skilled guy. So, I think you know, in fairness to him, it's it's been a while where he's been in a consistent role of being a center iceman. And, oh, by the way, you get on the number one line, you're going to see the other team's top defensive pair, like last night with Hamilton and Graves, or you're going to go up against guys like Kale McCarr and, you know, whoever else. I mean, tonight probably Brian Dumoulin and Chris Letang, whoever, you know, whoever Kaner is with tonight, will probably see that defensive pair. So, you know, look, I think they could go a couple of different ways. And, look, I think it is a work in progress, but you, know, you, you got to get the cat and Kaner going. I mean, Kaner can only do so much, and, you know, look at will it be Kirby tonight? Will Dylan Strom get an opportunity? We know the, the uh, success that he has had with the Cat and in uh, played on a line with with Kaner last year for you know for stretches. So, you know, there are some options, but you know, I think right now they're they're, they're trying to figure that out, and, and they're going to need that line to to cash in at five on five and and to uh, get their first win here tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, you know, look at I, I think the. Um, you know, the experimentation and, and trying to figure out, you know, who can be that guy at five on five. Uh, it's for somebody. Uh, I'll raise my hand. I mean, I don't know if I'm <laughs> broken down hockey player and horse player that uses an old wood stick and uh, can go out there and win a faceoff or two. But uh, it's, it's there for somebody because right now, obviously, as you said, PB, Jeremy, 
you know, changing it up. And look, you're going to change the lines up when you're when you're not scoring or you're falling behind or a line's minus two or three or whatever. So it's it's there for somebody, and it'll be interesting to see what lineup uh, Coach Colleton puts out there tonight, and especially who's going to at least start off at that center ice position with uh, with the Brinkett and Kaner. And so you had the interview with uh, Mark Andre Fleury last night yeah. between periods, and his personality, his charisma. Yeah. I mean, it's all there, and obviously the resume is unbelievable. Um, but he talked about just getting used to little things like the United Center and the boards mm-hmm. and the glass and also the voices of, of teammates. Um, and Jonathan Taves talked about the communication with the new guys and, and being able to talk to guys in the room and, and have frank conversations about what is or isn't working. Um, how did, you know, how long does that take? And, uh, how, how mostly, I guess you have to have no egos for those conversations to take and, and hold. No, hundred percent, Brian. Uh, first off, as far as you know, Mark Andre Fleury and MM. As I said last night, I've, I've known him half his life, and I knew him. I was lucky enough to be his first coach in the National Hockey League and see him get his first win, see him get his first shutout against the Blackhawks back on October thirtieth, two thousand and three, uh, at the United Center. And uh, you know, he's the same kid. This is why I love him. Uh, he's the same kid he was when he came in when he was 18 years old as he is now approaching, uh, hard to believe, uh, you know, 37 years of age. And um, he has the utmost respect of, you know, of, of everybody throughout the National Hockey League. But I think with all the changes and the different dynamics and, you know, trying to get people's personalities, Brian, I think it's, you know, it is a work in progress. And to know, you know, how far can you push? How far can you challenge somebody? Uh, you know, to, to show the young guys, but also to, to challenge the, you know, the new guys and to, and to, and the guys that have been here. And, and, and that is, that takes some time, but I think, you know, once you get through a you know handful of regular season games, I think you understand where, you know, where the voices are coming from, you know, what lines that you can go to and, and, and push. And uh, it's such an important part of having success in the national hockey league and especially inside that locker room. And, we saw it for many, many years with, with the Hawks when they were on their incredible run there with the three cups. And, you know, yeah, there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be guys that challenge one another. But at the end of the day is I don't think you, you know, I, again, I can just speak from experience of being a coach and playing is you can't take it personal. It, it's like, you know, guys are, you know, we're, we're in it to win. Uh, this is what it's about. It, it doesn't matter of coming close or, or coming back in a game and only getting one point or, um, you know, going on a nice run and then blowing a game. I mean, it, it's, 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 that's what separates, I believe, you know, the successful teams from the teams that are trying to find a way. And uh, with lots of changes and different personalities, uh, you know, you want to be respectful, but you also want to be understanding is that, hey, we're all in this thing together. And, yeah, we're not all going to agree. We're not all going to get along all the time. But when the puck is dropped, uh, we got to know what we're going to do, and we're going to push each other and and uh, and hold people accountable. And and I think that's such an important part. And I'm sure that's being taken care of with uh, the leadership and the new leadership that has come into the Blackhawk locker room. And so important to make an impression on, on on young young players to show them, you know, how you treat the trainers, you know, how how you handle yourself on the road, how do you handle a little bit of adversity. Um, but being, you know, teaching and being a mentor to young players is, is really important. And I think the Blackhawks certainly are in a good spot there. But at the end of the day, winning cures all. And you got to find a way to get two points here tonight against a Pittsburgh team who a lot of people felt were going to be in a lot of world of hurt here with no Crosby, no Malkin, no Gensel to start the season. Gensel played the other night. He was on a COVID list. Crosby and Malkin hurt. 
Not sure what Crosby's status is for tonight. I don't know if you guys have seen anything here recently, but I had kind of heard through the grapevine there might be a chance that he plays tonight. And the Penguins have picked up three or four points against Tampa and Florida, and we know that those two teams are pretty damn good. So uh, the Hawks are in for a a real tough game tonight in a back-to-back since uh, coming from New Jersey last night. Eddie Olchek, uh, this is my final question for you. I you joined a new team this week, uh, TNT, Turner, as they embark on uh, their portion of the national package with the National Hockey League. Uh, you were at uh, Ovechkin and the Capitals taking on the Rangers game. Mm-hmm. OV picks up right where he left off, 2-2 two and two that yeah. night. He's, he's now, I think, 162 behind Wayne Gretzky all-time yeah. for, for goals. So if he averages 33 goals a year, the next yeah. five years, he would pass the great one. Do, do you think that will happen? Well, the way he's going, the answer is yes. Um, because I think that he has become more selective, PB, in, in his style of play. I mean, you go back five years, you know, take ten years out of it because, you know, he was out there trying to score goals and he was trying to run you into the fourth or fifth role. <laughs> and people don't realize Alexander Ovechkin, I mean, he, he is a large human. I mean, he's 6'2 <laughs> plus. He's 2012 plus. And he's not afraid to, like I said, run you through the end boards. But I think he's become much more selective. Uh, and the older he has gotten, he has gotten more experienced. And he's, you know, conserving energy. You know, he's not worried about making contact as much. He still will take a piece of you. And that's just, that's part of his DNA. But look, you need to stay healthy. I mean, we heard, we heard Wayne Gretzky talk about it on the, on the, on the pre and, and, and inter- intermissions and post game about the grade eight is, you know, you got to stay healthy. Um, you know, the passion and love for the game is certainly there. And look at when you when you have a target like that to know that you can go by, you know, uh, a guy like Wayne Gretzky, uh, there's that hunger there. And, and, you know, you're playing on a really good team with some good players. So uh, why not? Uh, really, why not? And one thing I will say, not because I played with him or uh, I coached him and worked for him, and that's being Mario Lemieux. Like, if you look at Mario Lemieux's numbers with the games played, mm-hmm. you sit there and go, Lemieux only played, I believe, 910 games. He had 690 goals <laughs> in 910 games. And, and a lot of the guys that are in the top five and, and what have you all have played 13, 14, 1500 games. So when you do the math, you sit there and go, look at, and again, health is an important part of it in sports and injury. But when you look at what Mary Lemieux did in 910 games, you sit there and go, wow, like, he, he you know, we know what ifs are, but. He was on a course to sit there and, and blow by Wayne Gretzky when you think about the uh, you know the 890-plus goals the great one had. Well, you'll be at the house that uh, Mario and Sid built later tonight. <laughs> uh, when we and There's an Eddie Olchek statue out there, I think, uh, on the yeah, concourse. No, I, I, think that one, uh, I think that one came down with the old igloo uh, handful of years ago. So <laughs> it, it, I'll maybe try to melted. go look for some. Some rubble. I'll bring. I'll bring home a uh, a piece for the desk. You know, maybe like a paper uh, a paper holder or something like that. All right, Ed. So we'll see you tonight, six o'clock, with John Wideman on NBC Sports Chicago. The one and only Eddie Olchek coming up to wrap up the hockey show on ESPN One Thousand. You're listening to the Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. One timer, one timers. One timer by Anderson. He on the Hockey Show. One time, on ESPN 1000. One more time.
One-timers. Brian Hanley, why don't you kick us off in the one-timer department? Can't believe I have to be on my soapbox this early in the season, but we saw Kirby Doc uh, get boarded in the opening game of Colorado by Gabriel Landeskog. The good news is the league found their way to a two-game suspension. He's going to lose $70,000 in salary. The bad news is that's not nearly enough. I mean, uh, PB, I don't know what the number is, but there should be a minimum number of games if you're found guilty of doing exactly what happened the other night. I don't know it's four games, five games, certainly maybe, you know, even two's not enough. And Kirby Doc, I mean, I was holding my breath when I saw that. Yes. And a, a talent like that. I mean, I don't know if we have to go back to midget hockey and put stop signs on the back of jerseys. I mean, it, it, these guys, they have to be smarter than that. They have to realize how dangerous this is. And it just, it doesn't, the message doesn't seem to get delivered. Yeah, you and know, it, Colorado had a two goal lead at that point. Yeah. You've got Kirby on, on one like leg. one knee, yeah. uh, falling towards the boards, and you tee him up. Uh, just about three feet away from the boards, where it looked like he's, you know, he went in with head first in, into the dash. So, uh, look, if if you want to clean this up, you got to send a strong message. Seventy thousand dollars is not uh, is not anything to sneeze at, but um, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a pretty decent fine for what what he did, uh, but they got to clean that stuff up. You can't have that going on in the game. You lose Doc there. I mean, I can't imagine I, I made, the tone maybe of five, this. A minimum five games okay. gets everyone's attention. All right. I don't know. Uh, my one-timer is our boss, Mike Thomas. I want to give a, a tip of the hockey helmet to him, our market manager. He's moving on uh, to another position in Boston, and, you know, he gave hockey a platform on sports radio in Chicago, something that had never been done before, which is shocking considering the success that the Blackhawks had winning those three cups over six years. So he's been a strong advocate of uh, hockey, giving it a voice on ESPN 1000. We appreciate him doing that, and uh, we wish him well in his next endeavor. And we wish the Blackhawks well tonight. Do you think Sidney Crosby's going to play? Edzo dropped that little Yeah, just drop a little didn't... nugget there for you. Here yeah. in, uh, in talking to some people, listening, maybe, and maybe, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll find out pregame at 5.30 tonight. Coming up next, it's Chicago's College Tailgate with Black and Abdallah. They're coming to you live from Pop's Pizza Bar in Roselle. Uh, we want to thank our sponsor, the Chicago Wolves, who kick off their 28th in season. The big movie voice. Tonight, the Chicago Wolves. There you go. Relentless. Punishing. Live tonight at the Allstate Arena. You're going to lose your voice, Pat. Yeah, I think I should stop doing that. All right, that's going to do it for Thanks us. Thanks to Tyler Aki. Thanks to Tyler Aki, the best in the business. Wears about 20 hats at ESPN 1000. Thank you, Brian. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go Hawks, and we'll catch you next time on The Hockey Show.